Welcome to Friends and Fiction, four New York Times bestselling authors, endless stories. Novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry are four longtime friends with more than 70 published books between them. Together, they host Friends and Fiction with author interviews and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing to highlight and support independent bookstores. They discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, and happy holidays. It is Wednesday night, and that means it is time for Friends and Fiction. It's the happiest night of the week, and tonight, do we have a show for you? Not one guest, not two guests, but eight guests, eight, who are here to help us celebrate this season, and a few more surprise friends in the after show. We are so glad you're here. I'm Kristen Harmel. I'm Christy Woodson-Harvey. I'm Patty Callahan Henry, who forgot her Santa hat, so she has a red flower. Adorable. <laughs> I'm appalled. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, but I'm, I'm also Mary Kay Andrews. <laughs> and this is Friends in Fiction Headwear Optional for New York Times bestselling authors. Endless stories to support indie booksellers. Tonight, we thought we would do something a bit different since this is our holiday episode. Before you get worried, we do have an episode next week, too. But we know some of you might be traveling or getting ready for Christmas, and therefore you might watch that show later. So plus, celebrating today sort of splits the difference between Christmas and Hanukkah a bit better, which is an additional benefit. And where there are holidays, there is happiness. And where there is happiness, there are books to escape into. And tonight, do we have a treat for you. All week long, and last week too, we've been sharing with you eight of our 12 authors of Christmas. Books out this season. Kristen, Mary Kay, Christy, and I are the other four. And tonight, all eight of them are here to help the four of us celebrate books and this beautiful reading community. We'll chat about the holidays, and we might, no, we're definitely Going to even have a little poetic surprise for you because you know how our Kristen Harmel is Mm -hmm. and it is sprinkled throughout the show. I cannot wait for (laughs) y'all to see what she has done. And if you want to find out, (laughs) it's pretty awesome is what it is. Peak dork. Peak dork. That's what I aspire to. (laughs) If you want to find out more about the, yeah, adorkable, as Meg says, it's adorkable. I'll take it. I'll take it all the way. Hashtag adorkable. If you want to find out more about the new books from each of these eight authors or from the four of us, and we hope you will, just head over to our Facebook group page where you'll find all those posts under announcements. And I think it's called Featured Now, along with a link to enter a contest to win the bundle of all eight books. But don't delay because the contest closes tomorrow, Thursday at midnight. And as you know, we continue to encourage you to support independent booksellers when and where you can. And one way to do that is to visit our special friends and fiction bookshop.org page where you can find all eight of 
tonight's guest authors and books by the four of us and our past guests at a discount. And of course, at bookshop.org, a portion of each sale through the Friends and Fiction shop goes to support independent bookstores and to support the show. So if you enjoy watching, this is a way to support our guests, independent bookstores, and the Friends and Fiction group itself all at the same time. And I'm going to apologize in advance that every time I move, the bell on the top of my hat rings. But if you get annoyed, just think every time a bell rings, an angel gets its <laughs> wings. Get it actually makes me think Santa's on his way as we speak. Okay, like it's very festive. <laughs> <laughs> and it's making me feel even more guilty that I left my hat in Alabama. So you shouldn't have said are. anything. Your hat just looks like you're like chicer than there. I mean, your flower exactly. is you're, you're chicer than Wait, the rest Wait, if I do this, does it look like the hat is the wreath? Yes! <laughs> Optical illusion. Nice. All right, y'all. And don't forget that this month we're working with the friendly folks at Butterball Turkey who are celebrating the 40th, 40th anniversary of the famed Turkey Talk line. But you just hit me that the Turkey Talk line is older than Christy. Right. Just saying, yep. Well, look at there. Yep. <laughs> and it is open through the end of December. Make sure to join us on our Talking Turkey with Butterball after show tonight to find out more. And you know what else we have for store, in store for you in the after show? Our pal, Mary Alice Monroe. She is stopping by one of our co-founders of Friends in Fiction along with us. She will be dropping by to help us celebrate and you do not want to miss that. And we also want to remind you or, you know, nag you <laughs> since we're almost out of days to shop online for delivery before Christmas, along with our friends at Oxford Exchange, which is a fabulous independent bookstore in Tampa. We have designed the first ever Friends in Fiction reading journal, and it makes the perfect gift for other readers or for yourself. It has a gorgeous blue linen cover. Quotes from the Friends in Fiction hosts interspersed throughout and plenty of space to write down your thoughts on what you're reading. We hope you'll consider ordering one for yourself and maybe even a few for your friends or loved ones. Oxford Exchange does beautiful gift wrapping too. So it's kind of the perfect hands-off, easy gift for the writers, readers in your life. We're so proud of this collaboration and we hope you love it as much as we do. Yes, and right now, if you order a Friends in Fiction journal or any other piece of Friends in Fiction merchandise, you can get 20% off at Oxford Exchange with the code FFHAPPYHOLIDAYS. And you are going to want that reading journal because we are so excited to announce a fabulous new initiative for 2022, the Friends in Fiction Reading Challenge, which will be spearheaded by our friend Anissa Armstrong, who I'm sure you all know. So together with Anissa, we have put together a category for each month that we think is not only fun, but will also push, push each of us to expand our reading horizons this year and ensure that we fill up our beautiful friends and fiction reading journals. So be on the lookout for posts from Anissa each month about the categories and be sure to chime in with what you are reading. Um, speaking of our reading challenge, two of the books that fit perfectly in the challenge are The Wedding Veil, shameless self-promotion here. That comes out in March, and Mary Kay Andrews, The Home Wreckers, which comes out in May, which are a part of our spring reading box um, from Oxford Exchange that also comes with a snazzy free notebook gift. And if you order it before the 24th, also comes with the season's readings ornament in your very first box. Sounds good to me. Okay, ladies. That was a lot. Any questions? That was a lot. <laughs> well done. Well done. That's a lot. All right, ladies. Oh, 
being rained yes. upon with good news. That's I amazing. I know. I know. There's a lot of just information drop. I love it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the holidays. So, you know, Friends and Fiction is still relatively new. This is our 103rd episode and our second holiday season together. Yeah. But we hope we're here with you for many, many more holidays to come. We haven't had a ton of time yet to establish holiday traditions as a group. But we do think there are a few traditions we've established over the last 103 episodes and 20 months. And yes, in case you're wondering, our first episode was exactly 20 months ago today. Wow. One of those traditions, and we hope you agree, is that we all get to be together every Wednesday night as one big family and not one of those families that gets together and squabbles, but a family (laughs) who shows up each week to support each other right here in the comments of the show and on the page throughout the week. If you've enjoyed being a part of that family, we hope you'll take a second now to say hi and happy holidays to everyone in the comments. Even if you don't comment often, and even if you don't comment at all, we're so glad that you're here and we totally feel your support. Yep. And another tradition we've established is to to support other authors. And the four of us are not the only ones who do so. So very many of you out there take the time to post in our community when you've read a book you love. And that means so much. The way that you spread the love for reading has grown this community. It's such a great way to support authors as is posting reviews online and simply telling your friends on and offline about an author you have fallen in love with. Well, we're pretty fickle on this show. I mean, we we fall in love all the time. And tonight we have a special treat for you in line with that tradition. We have eight of our author friends joining us for a bit of holiday fun and to celebrate being part of this big, happy family of those who love books. We'll be bringing the first four guests on in just a minute. This couldn't possibly be just a standard episode, could it? Because you know what other tradition we've established? We've established a tradition of having fun. (laughs) So we have something special up our sleeves. You knew we would, didn't you? And if you've been on our Friends in Fiction Facebook group page this week, you know that we're doing a big 12 Authors of Christmas giveaway. We started on December 6th, introducing you to eight of our author friends who have books out this holiday season. Every day for the last week and a half, there have been different posts each day, introducing you to a different author and giving you an opportunity to enter a massive giveaway for 12 books. The contest closes tomorrow, so after our show tonight, if you haven't already, Make sure to look for those posts under announcements and enter the contest for a chance to win. We'll be announcing the winner on Friday. And, ooh, what a happy day that's going to be for the winner. Yeah, You know, I would argue that we are all winners because tonight all eight of the authors are here to celebrate. But first, as Christy mentioned, it's time to have a bit of fun. Ladies, are you ready? (laughs) All right. Without further ado, we have prepared a poem for you. Wait, wait. Can we be more accurate? (laughs) Kristen has prepared a poem for us. Yeah. Were you specifying that just in case it goes down? No, like, no, it's like, it's oh, I don't want to take any credit for this. All right. <laughs> it's All right. So good. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care and hope set up. Santa suit soon would be there. The children were nestled in Peachtree Bluff with Christmas and hurricanes, not nearly enough. <laughs> and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap 
had just settled in the forest of vanishing stars for a nap. <laughs> when once upon a wardrobe, there arose such a clatter. I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a hawk, tore open the shutter, and there was Ron Block. <laughs> the moon on the breast of the new fallen snow showed Brenda and Lisa standing below. <laughs> when what to my wondering eyes should come on, but our director Meg and our producer Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, best day ever. I haven't seen that before. <laughs> With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his authors they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Julia, now Anita, now Julie and Viola. On Rachel, on Susan, on Courtney and Sidiqua. To the holiday gift prize, to this bundle of books. Now dash away, dash away, dash away. Look. <laughs> All right. On that silly note, should we pause the poem and tell you about our first four guests tonight? Absolutely. <laughs> no. no. I will never get I cannot unsee that picture of Sean. <laughs> Who would want to? That's want to. my Christmas card. <laughs> I, that's awesome. Totally. Okay. Aiming on my wall. First up tonight, we have our old friend who really needs no introduction because he's incredibly active on our page. Plus, you've seen him here on the show. Wade Ross, who writes as Viola Shipman, is a best-selling author of nine novels, including this year's smash hit, The Secret of Snow. The Secret of Snow is about a Southern California meteorologist who, after being laid off, returns home to Michigan to a past she would have preferred to leave behind. It's a novel of second chances making peace with the past, and, of course, the magic of winter. Sean, can you bring Wade on? Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> All right, next up is Anita Hughes, the best-selling author of 15 novels, two of which, Roman Love and Christmas in Vermont, have been made into television movies, the first one on Hallmark and the other one on Lifetime. She also writes as Anita Abriel, and under that name, she has a World War II novel called A Girl During the War, coming out in March. She has penned five Christmas novels, including A Magical New York Christmas, which just came out this year. It's a love story set at New York's iconic Plaza Hotel with shades of the famous Eloise books, which Pop Sugar calls the perfect holiday romance. Sean, can you bring Anita on? Hi, Anita. Hi. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> we also have Julie Cantrell, a good friend of all of ours and the best-selling author of several books, who is one of five authors who contributed to a novella, who contributed a novella to the Christmas anthology, It's a Wonderful Christmas, Classics Reimagined. In the book, which I loved and had an opportunity to get read an early copy of, Lynn Gentry takes on Miracle on 34th Street. Kelly Stewart takes on The Nutcracker. John, I, I'm not going to say her name right again. Janaire tackles White Christmas. And Allison Pittman reimagines the 1940 Barbara Stanwyck classic, Remember the Night. But if you read my parade essay earlier this year about my holiday decorating fiasco, 
You probably know that I identified the most with Julie's story, which is a take on the Griswolds of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Sean, can you bring Julie on? Hey, Julie. Hi, Julie. <laughs> Love it. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> it's a little wreath. We're just going a little wacky tonight. I like I it. And it, it like really it. coordinates with your blazer, too, right? which I feel like just really <laughs> like you planned it all. And did you I notice like Sean is a genius and all our names are in red? I mean, <gasps> brilliant. Love it. <laughs> okay. Tonight, we also have Courtney Walsh, a best-selling author who runs a performing arts studio and youth theater with her husband, and who also writes small-town romance and women's fiction, including this year's A Cross-Country Christmas, which is part of the Kindle Unlimited program. So if you belong to that, you can grab it for free right now. Cool. It tells a story of a TV set decorator who hitches a ride home for Christmas from California to Illinois with her brother's good friend, Will who also happens to be the childhood crush she's been trying to forget for the last decade. It's Sean, so could you bring Courtney on, please? You can have mine, Courtney. <laughs> I was looking around my room thinking, do I have anything? I know. Sorry, I should have told you ahead of time. I was too busy writing a foolish poem to actually include <laughs> anybody in any real information. Courtney, so- I almost put a point set on my head, but I didn't. <laughs> I did like that look. It's good. It's good. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are so happy to have you here to help us celebrate the holidays. To all of you out there, you can read all about these four books in depth on our page. They've been posting all this week and last. But for now, we wanted to ask these four authors each a question. So each of you has written a Christmas story this year, as have two of the four of us. What appeals to you about writing stories set during the holidays? Wade, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, how much time do you have? Because I love everything about the holidays. <laughs> um, you know, I think most of all, I like writing about the heirlooms that um, my family had, and I love bringing those to life. You know, what be it ornaments or bottle brush trees. But I think probably the bigger thing is, I think the holidays are where we try to be our best, but it's yeah. also when we're the most fragile. So I like really exploring that um, depth of human emotion at, in, in my holiday books. So um, that's one of the things I love the most. Oh, I love that. How love about that. you? How about you, Anita? Um, well, this is my my fifth Christmas book. Um, wow. So I, I guess I'm a bit of a junkie in writing them. <laughs> um, I think because they can be a little bit more whimsical, a little bit more magical, and because it's so much about um, the time of year, so much about gratitude and forgiveness. So, so both yeah. those things at the same like time. Oh, that's that. such a good point. Absolutely. How about you, Julie? It's fun. It's just a lot of fun. And I yeah. think regardless of what kind of tradition we celebrate this time of year, these winter holidays all kind of have that same shared core message, which is the light outshines the darkness. And I think that's a beautiful thing to explore. And it was a fun way to do it, a natural way to do it through the holidays and a fun way to do it through our favorite holiday films. Because what makes people happier than than watching holiday films that just give us a fun escape? It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so true. That's awesome. And how about you, Courtney? Well, I think for me, I write sweet romance. So, I mean, the setting is really important to bringing the story to life. And I think you kind of, it's kind of like cheating a little because the setting at Christmas is automatically cozy mm-hmm. and magical. And you just sort of feel like I want people to feel like they're curling up with like a cup of cocoa when they read my book. It's like a hug. It's like a Christmas hug. 
So there's, there's just something so magical and special about this, this time of year. And you're kind of starting with that when you get the story and then you can just keep building the story on some, such a great foundation. So, and I have to agree, it's tons of fun. That yeah. is awesome. You guys are making me want to write a, a Christmas book. <laughs> how, how about, never say never. How, how, yeah. about, how about you, Mary Kay? I think for me, it's the notion that I've been given permission to be unabashedly sentimental, yeah. um, to be nostalgic. I can let go of cynicism and, and irony and um, you know, embrace the light instead of uh, talking about the dark. For me, you know, last year was dark enough, which is why I wrote the Santa suit because I wanted to embrace the light. Mm. That's awesome. And and Christy, you just wrote your, just had your first Christmas novel come out. How's that experience been for you? What appeals to you about it? Oh, it's been so great. And I guess, you know, sort of echoing what everyone else said, especially last year, you know, during 2020, the holiday season just looked a little bit different. And so I thought I would write the Christmas and the holidays that I wish we were having. And that was sort of what sparked the idea for Christmas and Peachtree Bluff. And kind of to echo what Mary Kay said, there would be moments and turns in the story when I would think, is that a little bit too sappy? And then I'd be like, no, it's a Christmas Christmas. book. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Okay. So I now have a quick question for each of you. Anita, what has it been like seeing two of your novels made into movies on Hallmark and Lifetime, seeing your characters come alive on the screen? What was that like for you? Uh, it was really fantastic. Um, and Roman Love was filmed in Rome <gasps> and um, in the so cool. in the suite at the Hasler Hotel where Audrey Hepburn stayed when she shot <sighs> Roman Holiday because that's what the book was based on. So it was a really, really wonderful wow. experience to see all that on the screen. And oh, Christmas awesome. it was really fun. Oh, I'm so envious. Courtney, you come from a performing arts background. How do you think that has shaped your novels, especially your holiday novels, that that performing? I think for, for me, it's kind of weird because, you know, a lot of people grew up reading uh, novels. I grew up reading plays and musicals. And so I think there's two ways that it kind of shaped me. One, I'm very drawn to writing dialogue. The chunks of like Mm. explanation and description, those are hard. That's harder for me to write. I could write dialogue. I love writing dialogue because that's what I'm very familiar with. But I think more importantly, I learned how to create characters in acting class. And so a lot of it is really similar. A lot of it kind of overlaps with what, you know, I think a normal novelist would do where there's, you know, character motivation and background and figuring out why characters are doing what they're doing and, and what happened in their backstory. But I think the other thing is that when I'm making a, creating a character, I'm like, in acting class, you have to immerse yourself in that character. So you really have to become that character. So there's a lot of times where I'm writing where I feel like I can slip into that because that's what I was taught, you know, I was taught to do, but I never would have thought that it would have, informed my, I never wanted to be a novelist. So I never would have thought it would have informed writing. I always just thought it would, you know, bringing a character to life on the stage. So it's been really cool to see that part of my life kind of meld with this other part of my life. And I I wouldn't trade it for the world. (laughs) What a great way to approach it. It's amazing. And you do it so well. So, and now these, yes, you do. Um, Julia and Julia. Wow. I haven't even really, I'm sorry, Julie, you are a member. 
um, both her novel collective and the Tall Poppy Writers, which I'm involved with too. And um, more than that, you're generally just an advocate for women's voices in a really powerful way. Um, I wish we had more time tonight to get into that because there's so much to talk about. But briefly, um, how do you think that advocacy shapes the way that you write? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, there's so much to say, but I'll try to keep it quick. Yeah. <laughs> I think in life in general, it's my goal, whether I'm writing or doing anything else, to make people feel seen and heard and mm -hmm. loved. And so in my writing, I try to give the message, not only a model of compassion and empathy and how to love one another, um, but to remind people who are going through hard seasons that no matter how unfair life may have been to you or how terrible someone may have treated you, you were sent here to love and be loved and you are worthy of being loved. And I just don't want any soul in this world to forget that because of something that happens to them. So that's my goal as a writer and as a human being. Oh, I love that so, so much. Beautiful. I know. <laughs> You're such a bright light, Julie. Thank you such for sharing that. Yeah, that's Thank really you. that's really powerful. Okay, last but not least, Wade. I feel like we are seeing where did Wade go? Oh, there you are. <laughs> you blended How right you into your them? Christmas collectible. The glitter with the glitter. Yeah. <laughs> so much we glitter. Are, we are seeing the secret of snow everywhere this everywhere. year. I think this must have been a really breakout year for you. Could you talk about what it's like to been have your hand, your book in so many hands this holiday season and seeing it all over the Internet? Uh, thank you. Yeah, I've been um, very humbled by the response to The Secret of Snow. You know, it's my first holiday winter novel, and it was inspired by, you know, a deeply personal story by the loss of my brother um, when I was a kid. And that sets the foundation for the entire novel. And I wrote this book as you know, a big holiday hug for readers. You know, over the last couple of years, we've lost 800,000 people. Yeah. And holidays will never be the same for so many. You know, there'll be holes yeah. under the trees and there'll be holes in hearts and empty chairs at the dining room table. And I know what that experience is like. And I just, I wanted The Secret of Snow really to be a reminder to readers that it's okay to give um, voice to grief and loss this time of year that it's okay to feel less than perfect at the holiday season, and yet also to remind readers that we need to celebrate and remember those we've lost. It's okay to feel that and to reach out and, and give hugs to those who need it more than ever right now. And I can't thank the Friends in Fiction group and authors um, enough for all of your support. I mean, it's meant the world to me and made a huge difference in the, in the success of this book. So thank you all. Oh, oh, so oh nice. well, Wade. Yeah, I mean, you're doing such an amazing job with um, with the show that you host too. It's just so nice to be for all of us to be part of this community together. It, I think it just means so much. Yeah. Okay, folks. Quite sadly, time is running short. But before we let you go, I do believe we have a poem Ooh. to continue. <clears throat> is everybody ready? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop, the coursers they flew with a sleigh full of books and St. Nicholas too. And then filled with gratitude that knows no end, we reached out to thank you, our friends and fiction friends. As I drew in my head and was turning around, a cross-country Christmas swept by with a bound. <laughs> St. Nick was dressed all in fur from his head to toe. I leaned in to hear the secret of snow. 
<laughs> a bundle of toys he had flung on his back and a magical New York Christmas came rushing back. <laughs> his eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. Oh it's a wonderful Christmas, I thought. How very. <laughs> his droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow. And you could win all of these gifts. Books, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have four more authors coming up. But in the meantime, don't forget you can win books by all eight of our guests and the four of us. Tonight, by entering on our Facebook group page, Wade, Julie, Anita, Courtney, thank you so much for being thank with you us. So it was much. so fun. And Thanks, thank you for your guys. beautiful, honest answers. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Well, that was so fun. Oh, my, my God. My face already hurt. Oh, I know. Right now, mine too. And they were all so wonderful and yeah. honest and gave such just beautiful answers. Okay. Yeah. So while we are waiting for our next author guests to sign on, Patty, you wrote this month's essay for Parade about holiday traditions, which will be out in the next week or so. Um, and each of us shared a holiday tradition with you, which I thought was such a great idea on your part to talk to all of us about our traditions, including Megan Sean. Can you tell us a little bit about that essay? It was a really fun essay to write because, you know, sometimes... We On the show, we often talk about the origins of stories, but we don't think about the origins of traditions. You know, who was the first person who put up a Christmas tree? Who was the first person who started going from door to door singing? Like, think about it. Let's knock on some doors and sing, right? You know, <laughs> who, was the, who was the first person to put gifts under a tree? And so I explored some of the bigger traditions, but then I talked to all of you and to Sean and to Meg and to Ron and really dug into some of the traditions that are built into your families and where they came from and how some of us um, have taken older traditions like you, Kristen, and modified them for, for kind of a new world. And how many of the traditions revolve around food? Yeah. And candy and how many of them revolve around, you know, decorations or gathering of vintage things or or family heirlooms. And I also dive in a bit to why tradition matters and why ritual matters and how it grounds us not only to the present and to where we are, but to each other and to our community. Because if we're doing something that was done before us, we're grounding ourselves in history and our ancestry as well as into yeah. spiritual traditions. And I just loved writing about it. And in the essay, y'all go check it out when it comes out in a week or so, I talk about where the first Christmas tree came from. And um, you're going to have to guess, but you'll read about it next week. The first image of gifts under a tree. You're never going to guess who it was. So I hope you all enjoy it. Ooh, great. You want to go around roundtable style real quick and share just a holiday tradition, maybe even something different than the one that we've told Patty um, that means something to us as we're waiting for the next authors to, to pop on. Absolutely. So I don't think I talked about this in the thing, but um, it's so funny today. My sister is here visiting and my son is here and my daughter is here with her babies. And um, we were talking about, you know, what if, what if we all just took a big trip one Christmas and left? And it was my 23-year-old son who said, no, we do this, 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 and this in this order. 
And we're not going to go pick it up and t- take it to some stranger's house yeah. and rent something. And I just think it's really interesting that even no matter how old they get, traditions like not putting the gifts out yeah. until Christmas morning are things that they rely on to yeah. feel grounded and safe. How about y'all? That's awesome. We watch The Night They Saved Christmas every year, which I think I've talked about before. It's a made-for-TV movie from like the early 80s, but it's not Christmas in our house until we've seen that movie. It's a little tradition, but sometimes it's those little traditions that kind of harken back to your earlier days and your early memories, and and that means a lot. How about you, Christy? Or or, or Kathy? Mary Kay? Either one? (laughs) Go, Christy. Um, Okay. Um, I think for us, and I think think maybe Kathy or Mary Kay, you do this too, but... um, we um, open, pre- like we get to choose one present on Christmas Eve to open, yeah. which is yeah. really fun. And I mean, especially like as a kid, you know, I just remember the anticipation of like looking yeah. under the tree and picking out, okay, this is the one which I'm going to open. Gonna and awesome. This is going to be the one. And, um, but it's just, it's like you said, Patty, we talk about that too. Like, well, maybe, you know, in a few years, like we'll just start doing a trip every year and we'll go somewhere warm or whatever. And, but then thinking about letting go of all of those traditions is really hard. Yeah, very grounding. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Mary Kay? Well, we started a new tradition with the grandkids. They love to watch Home Alone. Oh, okay. So um, we try to have a family viewing of Home Alone. That's awesome. And now we can all recite the lines, you know. That's awesome. We just had Noah watch it for the first time. (laughs) It was like at the beginning of a new Griffin knows exactly the point to say, Buzz, woof, your girlfriend. (laughs) That's amazing. That's his favorite. Oh, well, you know, I love that traditions mean so much to all of us. And to all of you out there watching tonight, if you have a holiday tradition that you'd like to share with us, we would love for you to tell us about it in the comments. But for now, I don't know about you, but I would love to see how this poem ends, right? I mean, the suspense is killing me. Should we bring on the next four authors? Absolutely. (laughs) And remember tonight, we're celebrating. Ooh, I heard my voice twice. The 12 Authors of Christmas Giveaway, which gives you a chance to win 12 novels from the four of us, Christy, Mary Kay, Kristen, and me, and from the eight authors we have on tonight. If you're watching us live, you have until tomorrow to enter. Just look for the posts about each book under announcements or featured on your Facebook page. But if you're watching this later, or if you don't win the giveaway, please do take a look at all of the books. All are new or coming in the next few weeks, and they're all written by authors we adore and recommend, which leads me to introducing the first of our final four author guests. Julia Kelly, who happens to be a publishing sister to Kristen and me, since all three of us are published by Gallery Books, is the best-selling author of 10 novels, including the brand new The Last Dance of the Debutante, coming January 4th. It's set in mid-century Britain in 1958, the last year debutantes were presented at court, and it tells the story of three of the last debutantes ever presented to Queen Elizabeth II. Sean, can you bring Elizabeth on, please? I mean, well, God, y'all, what's wrong with me? I was like, wait, who's Elizabeth? Who's Elizabeth? <laughs> I'll go by Elizabeth. That's fine. I mean, what is wrong with me? I you, Julia, you are now the queen. We queen. It's what I've been aspiring to my whole life. So you're gonna yeah. like kick me off. You should. You should kick me off the show. I can't do people's names, obviously. <laughs> we dub the queen. Julia can knit her own sweater, I but I cannot say, call people the right name. Sweater. She and it's, not, it's not like I don't know them. I know. <laughs> can we talk about the Duchess Queen? Okay, I'm gonna tattle on you, Julia. 
for all of you out there, Julia knit that sweater herself. <laughs> I knit that sweater and then I realized it looks like your book cover. So I had to let you know about it. It's so amazing. And that's We've been talking about name. you behind your back all week. It's so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you. Um, is it my turn? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm having technical difficulties. Can you can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah you sound yep, great. Yep, yep, you're good. Okay. We also have Rachel Hawkins, who, like Anita Hughes, has a double identity. I know a little bit about that. Her mm -hmm. alter ego is Erin Sterling. Under that name, she released The X Hex back in September. Great title. Under Rachel Hawkins, she's a best-selling young adult writer who penned the popular Hex Hall series. And she also writes best-selling women's fiction, including Reckless Girls, a gothic suspense novel set on an isolated island in the middle of the Pacific, also coming on January 4th. Sean, can you bring Rachel on? But oh my gosh, y'all, as a Southern girl, I have to say, Mary Kay Andrews just said both my names. So like that was like, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. that was a big moment for me right now. Aww. So thank you so much. Aww, that, I didn't know that was going to happen. So now I'm super jazzed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Next up, we have our friend Sadiqa Johnson with the paperback edition of last year's popular, beautiful, enthralling novel, Yellow Wife, a searing historical about an enslaved woman named Phoebe Dolores Brown, who has to survive in the devil's half acre, an infamous jail in Richmond, Virginia. That paperback will be out in just three days after Christmas. So get your gift cards ready. Sadiqa is the best-selling author of four novels and like Julie Cantrell, and just like our very own Christy, she is a member of the Tall Poppy Writers. Sean, can you bring her on, please? Hi, These are my jazz hands, guys. I love that. These are my jazz hands. Yeah. So good. Oh, look at your cute little tree. I love that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> awesome. Finally, we have... Susan Meisner. See how I said her name? Oh, we correctly? did that. We did. That. The best-selling author of 15 novels, including The Nature of Fragile Things, which is coming out in paperback on January 4th. And I love that book. Yes, it's a richly detailed historical novel set during the infamous San Francisco earthquake of 1906 about three women <laughs> whose lives intertwine in a story of motherhood, love, and fear. Sean, can you bring Susan on, please? Hi, our friends. Welcome, ladies. Happy holidays. We are so happy to have you. Now we have a question for each of you, and we'll have to keep these quick since we're short on time. Sadiqa and Susan, the first one is for you. You've both written novels about time periods that are perhaps less prevalent in new historic fiction these days. Sadiqa, Yellow Wife is set just before the Civil War. And Susan, The Nature of Fragile Things is set just after the turn of the last century. Both tackle very difficult sub subject matter. Susan, you write about a terrible earthquake, but there's also a character in this book who is as dangerous as the earthquake itself. How did you handle writing about such a tough subject? Yeah, um, here's the book. It's The Nature of Fragile Things. And, you know, um, dark times fall upon all of us. Um, we can't escape them. 
And I, and I know that's true. I also know that dark places and dark times, they don't usually last. We usually get through them. And I think yeah. when you read a book about a character who's gone through a dark time or has been impacted by a dark person, um, you can learn things through their experience that you might be able to then bring into your own life at another time. And when I write, it's kind of the same way. I know that I'm writing about something that's probably really terrible, but it's not going to last. I am going to bring that character through it and they're going to be transformed. And I know dark times do that to us too. Um, most of the time we emerge from a dark time or a dark moment in our in our experience, in our life that transforms us. And so we're usually um, maybe better versions of ourselves, stronger. Now we know what kind of um, courage we have. We know, we know how strong we love. Um, so it's not all bad. It's just difficult when you're going through it. But when you're writing about it or reading about it or experiencing it, usually a dark moment in your life, when you come out on the other side of it, you find that you're, um, you're transformed in a, in a good way. Awesome. That's great. And Sadiqa, some of the things Phoebe goes through in Yellow Wife are almost, you know, unimaginable, but they were part of our country's history and we can't forget them. There are, and there are beautiful, happy moments in this book too. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, not talk about those. But if you will, talk about the importance and the difficulty of sometimes going to those dark places in your writing. Yeah, <clears throat> it is. It is important. Uh, for me, it's a whole vibe. I have to turn my my whole body over to to my characters. Oh my and I was writing a scene probably like two or three weeks ago. And I sent an email to my agent after I finished. And I was like, I have to go to bed. Like, I just need to go get under the covers and and take care of myself. And so, you know, these things happen. And, and that is really what storytelling is for me, is shining a light in a dark place and giving it enough energy that people can see, see it, feel it, taste it, touch it, and understand that, you know, this is where we came from, but we can do things differently going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such yeah. a great message and yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful book and has, goodness, received so much praise this year that is so well-deserved. Yeah. Um, so, Julia, uh, your book is also historical, but is set more recently. You've really become known for these sweeping historical tales set in England where you've lived for the last several years. So what appeals to you about writing fiction set in your adopted home? It's a good question. I think for me, a lot of it stems from the fact that I'm, I'm an expat, but I'm also a British citizen. I'm a dual national. And I've always been interested in understanding a little bit more about where my mother's family is from, where I'm from, uh, even though I didn't grow up there. So I think one of the things as, as an author that I often find in talking to other authors is we're always looking for something new. We're always trying to learn something with the books that we write. And this really allows me to learn a little bit more about, about myself and my family's history, but then also, of course, about the wider history of the place that, that I live in now. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful way to sort of really settle in and try to understand um, the UK and, and the history over here. That's awesome. Amazing. And um, we have to tell everyone that, although we already told them that you knit your own sweater. So <laughs> also, we're so happy you joined us because it's after midnight in London, right? Honestly, this is so much fun for me. I'm really, really glad that I could join. Oh, this is so worth happy. staying up for. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> 
Okay, so we'll be hearing more about Julia's book set in England on our Friends in Fiction Writers Block podcast with Ron Block this January. So make sure you tune in for that. Now, Rachel, my <laughs> Auburn girl, <laughs> wild card from rom-com to gothic to thrillers to YA. Why and more importantly, how that beep <laughs> wind up writing about so many different kinds and types of books. Um, you know, I, I have a very like sort of glib answer that's always like, oh, well, I was diagnosed with ADD this year and was suddenly like, ah, oh, all becomes clear. <laughs> now we know <laughs> something shiny. I've yeah. got it now. Uh, I think like a lot of, especially mothers, my, my child got diagnosed and then I was going through like the testing stuff with him and was like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> oh. I, I get it now. I see. I see now. Um, but, you know, that can also like be a blessing in its own way because it, it's a lot of it just comes down to um, as a writer, I believe really strongly in sort of listening to my gut. And and so that leads me down weird paths sometimes story wise, career wise. Um, but I always want I always feel like I'm doing the best work that I can do if I'm being true to what my gut's telling me it wants to write. Um, and for me, that does, it just means writing a bunch of different stuff. Now I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm done with YA. I did a solid kind of 10 years there and, uh, I'm really proud and happy of all of those books. But once I'd sort of moved into both thrillers and romance, I sort of, um, felt really rejuvenated as a writer. It was kind of like, oh, okay. Like I, I had, you know, we joke about like, oh, we don't run out of ideas, but sometimes you do run out of ideas. Yeah. And I had I had really run out of ideas for YA. And so rather than sort of panic, it was like, okay, well, what do you have ideas for? What do you want to do next? And um, as someone who also reads really, really wild, uh, both wildly and widely. To kind of like chase the stuff that I was interested in. So, um, you know, chasing the, the, the shiny that catches my eye has, has not led me wrong yet in life yeah. or in the career. So yeah, it's, it's basically that it's that thing of just writing is hard. So what would make me really happy to write? And that's what I write. It's a great yeah. first question to put on the table when you're thinking what to write next, right? It's like, yeah. does it fill me with energy and happiness? Mm-hmm. Do I want to write it? Yeah. Right. Like what ideas excite me, you know, because yeah. again, like you're going to end up in that, like I've written 150 pages and I'm so sick of this. Or I've written 100,000 words and I hate it. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, right. no matter what, like you, you're going <laughs> to yeah. end up there whether you love it or we're just sort of like, maybe this will sell. Yeah. Um, right. So I feel like, you know, at least if you love it, like love can kind of pull you through those, mm-hmm. those tougher parts sometimes. There's a song in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I just feel like I'm I'll about to burst into a Disney next episode. Kristen um, will write it for us. Yes, the Friends and Fiction <laughs> album. <laughs> exactly. You know, Rachel, I think it's a good... Um, it's a good reminder for readers too. I think a lot of us feel like, oh, well, this is the genre I read in. And so mm-hmm. I have to keep reading books in that genre. But, you know, it, it's about what speaks to you. And, and if you're mm-hmm. if you're called to these books that sound appealing or sound exciting, like maybe that's your next book, even if it's not what you feel yeah, like you're yeah, expected to yeah. read. So yeah, yeah exactly. it's a good, good question. There's so much that's those. good out there. You know, so like every section of the bookstore has got like so many amazing things. Like, so yeah, yeah I could never, I could never limit myself to reading or writing. So yeah. true. Okay, ladies, it is now time to finish up this holiday poem. 
Are you all ready? Are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> As a reminder, we are picking up with our old friend, St. Nick. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth. And his TBR list was long enough to wind into a wreath. <laughs> he had a broad face and some fuzzy red pants. And he said he was excited about the debutante's last dance. <laughs> he was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And he hoped to read Reckless Girls as a gift to himself. <laughs> a wink of his eye. And the nod of his nature of his head soon gave me to know there were no fragile things to dread. <laughs> he spoke not a word, but went straight to his life and filled all the stockings with the book Yellow Wife. Ooh. And laying his finger, which that does not look good. I'm not doing that. <laughs> laying his finger on his pile of books, he gave thanks to all the authors and their great story hooks. That's a good line. He sprang to his sleigh, but before his reindeer could leave, he said, hey, Rudolph, we're taking a short reading reprieve. <laughs> Then I heard him exclaim with all his friends in fiction might, happy Christmas to all readers and to all a good night. Kristen. Five stars. Very good. Five stars for sure. That was excellent. Ladies, if we haven't terrified you or just alienated you entirely by being such dorks that that would be me um we would hope you would stick around for just a few more minutes because we have one additional question for you after a few quick announcements mm -hmm. just a quick reminder always for me because i love our writer's block podcast featuring our dear friend librarian ron block we always post the links under announcements each time a new one goes out. And Ron often posts little teasers, too, where you can hear a little bit of it. A new episode launches every Friday. This past week, Ron talked about reality TV. And you have to listen to it. It's hilarious. With Amy Phillips. And this Friday, we have a super treat. Part two of Ron chatting with Kim Ritchie and Gretchen Peters about songwriting as storytelling. I have to tell y'all, I am obsessed with this two-part podcast about writing songs. If you're not hanging out with us yet in the Friends and Fiction official book club, you are missing out. The group, which is separate from us and run by our friends Lisa Harrison and Brenda Gardner, is now 10,000 strong. I'll be joining them on Monday to chat about Christmas and Peachtree Bluff. And then they'll be reading The Secret of Snow by our good friend Wade Rouse, who you saw earlier, who writes his Viola Shipman. The group will be discussing his book on January 24th. And make sure to join us for our next episode of Friends and Fiction next Wednesday, right here at 7 p.m., where we will host Maria Amparo Escondon, the author of L.A. Weather, which was a Reese's Book Club pick. Then in two weeks, join us as we welcome best-selling romance author Sarah McLean. And if you are ever wondering about our schedule, it is always on the Friends and Fiction website and on our header on the Facebook group page. 
All right, ladies, before we let you go, we just have one more question. This year is hopefully going to be so different from last year, both for all of us as touring authors and as human beings in our own lives. What is your hope for this reading community and the world at large this holiday season as we close out 2021 and move into 2022? Julia, do you want to take that one first? Well, I, I kind of liked what Rachel said about reading wildly. So I hope people read wildly with wild abandon and also read widely um, and discover something brand new that maybe surprises them this year. Awesome. New hashtag reading. <laughs> yeah, I love that. How about you? Starting a trend. Yeah. a trend. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I guess my hope is that everyone would hold on to hope. I wrote about a pandemic, an early one. The 1918 pandemic I wrote about in another book, and I can tell you it ended. It ended, and I feel like our time that we're in right now, it's this is not forever, folks. So hang on to hope. The end is coming. We don't know when, but it's coming. Hang on to hope and don't forget to love. It's so easy to love. Just hang on to those things. Oh, I love that. How about you, Rachel? Yeah, I think you know, my biggest hope is that. I do hope that things uh, are safe enough that we can kind of gather as readers and writers again, you know, uh, writing is such a solitary business and getting to meet with readers and talk to them is such a, a like soul filling kind of thing. Yes. Um, and so, and I'm so, so grateful that we've been able to find other ways of doing that. Things like this, things like, you know, zoom visits and things like that. But I do hope that we can all sort of gather in a place, um, you know, in person, hopefully in 2022, yes. um, that things will, will be safer then. Um, and yeah, and the same thing, like I hope that people continue to find joy in books, continue to, to surprise themselves, like Julia said, with like what they read, uh, with what appeals to them. And just, I hope they find like the best thing in the whole wide world is being like finding an author that is new to you, but they've got a backlist of like 25 books. Yes, yes, that yes. is what I wish for everyone. In <laughs> <laughs> that's sublime. Love, so, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Love it. How about you, you Sadiqa? You know, for the writing community, I just want people to read and, and they read things that that burns their fingers. Like that's the type of reader I am. I love to read a book where I'm just walking around and I'm thinking about it and I can't wait to get back into it. And so I hope that our reading community finds those books. And then I hope they will share them with their book clubs and their aunties and all of their friends. And the biggest thing I want to say is that I just wish everybody joy unspeakable, unspeakable joy for 2022. You too. Yes. What a perfect way to close out this part of the show. So ladies, thank you so much for spending the evening with us. We all wish you the happiest of holidays and we hope everyone out there has been so inspired by what you said tonight that they'll go out and pre-order each of your books immediately. (laughs) So thank you, ladies. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, holidays, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Now make sure, good night. Now make sure all of you out there to stay tuned for our Talkin' Turkey with Butterball after show. And don't forget that you can find all of our back episodes on YouTube. We are live there every week, just like we are on Facebook. And if you subscribe, you won't miss a thing. Plus, you'll have access to special short clips, which, Patty, you'll be happy to know I finally pulled today and finally sent to our clip guy. I've been so Love behind. it. Love it. Oh, yes, but be sure to come back next week, same time, same place, as we welcome Maria Amparo Escandon, 
Don't forget to stop by the Facebook page tonight to read about tonight's guest's books and to enter the contest to win all 12 novels. Remember, the deadline for entry is tomorrow night, Thursday. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in just 30 seconds in the after show, where we will be joined by Friends and Fiction co-founder, Mary Alice Monroe. Good night, everybody. See you in a second. In a minute. See you in a second. Oh, what an episode! That was so much fun. Such an episode. Oh my Kristen, you knocked it out of the park. That was no, that was you guys. That wasn't that wasn't me. That was I mean, we just had such we had great guests. I mean, they were phenomenal. So, speaking of great guests, welcome to the Talking Turkey with Butterball After Show. All this month, we're celebrating the holidays with our partner, Butterball. And what do you think of when you think of carving up a big Butterball turkey? Well, I think of family and friends around the table. And tonight, we have invited our old friend, Mary Alice Monroe, back to our table to celebrate. Sean, can you bring Mary Alice on? Hey! Hi! Oh my gosh! Great to see you. Good to see you. Look how long your hair is getting. I know. I I was going to say that too. (laughs) I have to say, truly, it was a wonderful show. The comments were great, especially the wishes for the new year and the reading. It was really touching. So well That's done. That's great. So many great books that like just came out or are getting ready to come out. It's so exciting. <laughs> I know. I love what Sadiq was said about reading a book that burns your fingers. Love it. I, I had never great. heard that expression before. Mm-hmm. That was I had neither yeah. one. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, Mary Alice, it's so good to see you. Thank what you. have you been up to this holiday season? Oh, holidays. I was I'm a Christmas fanatic. I love it. My tree's been up since Thanksgiving. I love my secret guilty pleasure is reading Christmas books and watching Christmas movies. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. that's, yeah. that's it. So and fun. shopping. But I think this year in particular, I'm seeing family this year. And I think a lot of us are going to actually go out of our homes and share the holidays. So I'm very excited about that. So exciting. Well, speaking of exciting things, Kristen, Patty, and I are going to be joining you on Isle of Palms yes. at the Wild yes. Dunes Resort next month. And we're so looking forward to that. Is there, I still, too. Is there still time left for people to buy tickets? Because they may absolutely you know we we have a we we're gonna sell out. It's it's moving really fast. I'm so oh my excited. Gosh. And the event is January 16th, and it's Martin Luther King holiday. And because it's a three-day holiday, a lot of people are actually flying in. And Wild Dunes Resort, which, by the way, will be lovely in January if you throw a cold climate, they are offering a discount, like 15% off on the hotel rate, discounts for meals, and we have added the weekend. And all the girls are going to be talking on Saturday and Sunday. So, But the big event is Sunday. And friends of friends in fiction, like Caroline's Cakes and Charleston Coffee Roasters, they're all bringing their yummies for everyone to share. It's going to be just wonderful. So go to all our sites and my Facebook page, wilddunes.com, and get your tickets. It's a perfect gift for your book club, for your reading pal, or maybe just yourself. <laughs> I like that. One for me, one for you. Honestly, it's you know I've been doing this. This is the nineteenth year 
Oh my wow. God. Time go by fast. And I've had. Who was your first? Who was the very first? I think Patty. I think it might have been. You. Oh, yes. <laughs> Wow, uh, like 35 people, and now we have near 500. Yeah. So it's really grown. But we've had, let's see, I remember the year Patty, uh, Pat Conroy came with Cassandra, and Kathy oh, Reichs came with her family, Brendan and Carrie. And Kathy, oh. you, oh, Mary Kay Andrews, you've been here a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've had so many great great guests. And this year, having Christy and Kristen and Patty join us, and we'll miss you, Mary Kay. Yeah, I'll Um, be up to my ears and copy edits. That's what I understand. (laughs) It's going to be fabulous to see you all in person again. Yeah, It is. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be before we know it. It is. I know. Ron Block. Let's not forget Ron Block. Yeah, that's right. And then the the girls, Elisa and and Lisa are coming. coming. Yeah have a meeting so it's a, going to be a friends and fiction sort of lala palooza you know it'll, it'll be nice too because i think so many of us know each other just yeah. online and it'll be one yes. of those wonderful opportunities we have to meet in real life in a that you know and, and there's so. for anyone even feeling a little bit um uneasy mm-hmm. about pandemic numbers or whatever like there's so much mm-hmm. outdoor space at, at wild dunes too it's just a beautiful oh yes resort mm-hmm. there's so much to do outside i think it's going to be a lot of fun what mm-hmm. a good point thank you for making that Kristen. because the beach is there and you can walk yeah. we're going to be very mindful and very careful of yeah. all the um covid restrictions but we are really not doing badly in south carolina yeah, right? yeah. and we will be careful and it's going to be wonderful and it's, it's hurry up and take a look because tickets truly are speeding away so if you stay and if you're out of town and you want to fly into wild dunes come see your favorite fnf members and come yeah. to us. no that sounds great give us something Sorry. to look forward to <laughs> no, it'll be no. 20 22. I, I mean, can you believe this? I can't believe I can't at all. It's going to be an exciting year for all of us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so too. Yeah. All right. Before we forget, this is a good time to remind you that our partners at Butterball are celebrating the 40th anniversary of their Turkey Talk mm-hmm. line, which started as just a phone line, but now they have a website and a Facebook page, and they're even on Instagram and TikTok. Of course, we all know that we can call in with a last minute question on Thanksgiving Day, but they're actually open through the end of December. So if you have any turkey questions at all, give them a call or check out their website. Okay. Now, have, go yeah, ahead. no, 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 go, go ahead, Mariela. Uh, my terrible turkey story. <laughs> okay. And for Thanksgiving, you know, I was away for Thanksgiving. And so I, I always have to make my own turkey. So I defrosted it and was it all ready and I put it on the counter. I forgot all about it. Did you ever do that where you just put something on the counter and you or in the oven and you oh, forget no. all about oh, it? Yeah. So yeah. I have to buy another butterball turkey and stuff. Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for supporting our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love my butterball turkeys. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to that Sharon lady. She forgot her pumpkin pie in the oven. That's, right. that's exactly right. Oh, have you guys ever um, put like boiled eggs on the stove and forgot oh, about yeah. them? And they oh, my God. explode on the ceiling. Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Happened, re- happened recently. The dogs really enjoyed mm-hmm. what they salvaged from the floor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I made pancakes um, a week or so ago. And you know how, like, sometimes you put them in the oven to warm, like on the warm setting. Yeah. Um, and I just completely forgot they were in there until I opened the oven several days later to put something yes. else in there. Oh, it was awful. Oh, yes. 
or squash or potatoes or all of I mean, they had yeah. just sat there, I, though, and I had closed. So- Scene right now. Yes. We always <laughs> evolve into like major food talk in the after show. It's so okay, I'm like gross tonight. tonight. We have okay. a lot to do. Okay. So, ladies, we talked about gathering around a butterball turkey for a big family get together, but our family is more than just the five of us. Sean, would you like to pull up a chair? And are there any other family members out there who might want to come on? Anybody thinking? Thinking? we were kind of hoping you'd come on in your in your santa hat and you know your pose and that was amazing <laughs> oh, the best moment of the show I, I did a sneak peek of my christmas card so just just act surprised <laughs> later <laughs> I think it's a framer. I think we need to blow it up in a poster and have it behind us for the new year. Yeah, that should be on your that should be on your professional uh, LinkedIn page, Sean. <laughs> I so maybe I can get a Sean to add to the collection. Perfect. Oh Perfect. Okay, everybody. Character in our future. Yeah. All right. You all know Sean. I hope who runs all of our tech behind the scenes and Meg, who is the glue, AKA managing director. And I hope you all know. She's a sparkly glue, glue. right? The glitter glue, the glitter glue. (laughs) By now you also know Lisa Harrison and Bredna Gardner who run our book club. And if you spend any time on our page, Oh, oh, happy happy page. Look, look at what happy she's got, Mary Kay. Holidays. That is for you, Mary Kay. Now, you're never going to let me live down, Holla, are you? Never. 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 It was my first Christmas card I received this year. I had to share. (laughs) Okay, but we have to make sure everybody knows Anissa, who has also been doing our Tuesday launch day love post to announce the new releases. Welcome, friends. Uh, Who would like the stuffing? (laughs) anybody Anybody cranberry sauce would anybody enjoy some tofurkey no (laughs) all right folks now that we're here because you know we're all sitting around the dinner table together we would love to play a quick game of would you rather and since there are 10 of us we have to get through those quickly so as you know normal game rules Quick, fast, one-word answers, please. And those of you at home, feel free to play along by putting your answer in the comments. All right, so here goes, and let me pull this up so I can cue you, and you're going to answer in the same order each time, so remember where I called you. All right, would you rather drink hot chocolate or eggnog? Mary Kay? Hot chocolate. Christy? Hot chocolate. Patty? Eggnog spiked. Ooh, I love it. Mary Alice? (laughs) Eggnog. Meg? Whichever one is spiked. Fantastic. Fantastic. Sean. Hot chocolate spiked. All right. Hot chocolate hands down. Awesome. Lisa. Eggnog spiked. Mm, Me too. Okay. And Anissa. Hot chocolate spiked. 
Okay, fantastic. That's Here, awesome. okay, would you rather hear the song Jingle Bells or the song Silver Bells on repeat for 24 Ooh. hours straight? 24 hours, no break of either song. Oh Jingle my Bells God, or what Silver a question. Bells. What is this like torture <laughs> hour? It is. We had the joyful episode. Now it's time to bring you all down a notch. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> all right. Mary, Mary Kay? Jingle Bells. Christy? Um, Silver Bells. Mm, Silver bells. Mary Alice. Silver bells. You too. Meg. Jingle bells. Oh, okay, Sean. Silver bells. Silver bells. Me too. All right. Silver bells. Okay, Brenda. Jingle bells. (laughs) Okay, Lisa. Silver bells. And Anissa. Silver bells. Silver bells. All right, sister. Me too. Silver bells. Okay. Would you rather binge a day full of new holiday classics like Love Actually or a day full of old Mm. holiday classics like It's Mm. a Wonderful Life? Mary Kay? Old, but I don't want to see It's a Wonderful Life. It's my least favorite. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I'm a white Christmas girl. Okay. Okay. Fair. Christine. I like them all, but I'm going to say new. Probably because Love Actually is like my favorite. So Love, Love Actually. Mm -hmm. Such a good movie. Okay, Patty? I'm going to say if I'm binging a whole day, I'm going to do the old classics because I haven't seen as many of them as I have the new ones. So I'm going to say. Okay, fair. How about you, Mary Alice? You know what's crazy is Love Actually is getting to be an old movie. Is it? And- I, I think I just dated myself. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 if, if Love Actually is in their line, uh, lineup, I have to watch that. I love that movie. Okay, how about you, Meg? Definitely new. Okay. Or... <laughs> Sounded like nude, which is another choice. There is a couple scenes in Love Actually. <laughs> oh my God! Do you know? Oh, yes, there are. I, 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 I know a couple of you still have to answer, but we we um, project a movie onto our um, garage door for the neighborhood once a year. So we oh. always do. Um, uh, the Polar Express. But a oh, couple of years ago, we were like, oh, well, we've already watched the, you know, we the, we watched the Polar Express and then we were like, let's put on Love Actually as like a second. And like, oh, we totally forgot about the nude scenes until they were like 20 feet tall in our garage. So yes, yeah. noted. Now we know. No, I went to see that with my parents and one of my friends and we were like, oh God. Yeah, yeah <laughs> forgot about that. Exactly. All right, Sean, um, Old movies, new movies, or nude movies? <laughs> Why not both? Um, no, I, I go old movies, and, and everyone in the chat, don't at me. I hate love, actually. I hate it. I'm, I'm sorry. <gasps> oh, oh, too much feel good. No. Like, no. no way. Love, actually, Come is on. the best. Okay, the Brenda, how about you? I'm going to say new. New, okay. And Lisa? New and nude. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say <laughs> old movies. Okay, so Anissa's going for the classics. Okay. okay. All right. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, would you rather be visited by the ghost of Christmas past or the ghost of Christmas future? In other words, assuming that you've lived a less creepy life than Ebenezer Scrooge, <laughs> would you like would you like a nostalgic look at the past during Christmas? Or would you like a peek at what the future holds? Mary Kay, how about you? Well, you know I'm gonna say Christmas past. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. I'm gonna how about say you? Christmas past too. Very nostalgic. Okay. How about I'm you, Pat? Say Christmas past, 
but especially the ones I don't remember, like when I was three or four or five. That's good. I like that. Okay. How about you, Mary Alice? Definitely Christmas past. I I would love to see my grown up children as little kids again waiting oh, for something. Yeah. Oh my gosh, to those moments. I'd like to see a young mother who's tired. Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. How about you, Meg? Definitely past. I'd like to spend some time with my grandmothers again. Oh, I love that. Aww. I love that. How about how about you, Sean? Past. I don't want any spoilers. Okay. <laughs> All right, Brenda, how about you? No, no spoilers for me either. Pass. Okay, pass. Okay, Lisa? I'm going to be the oddball and say future. Ooh, I like it. What's your logic? I want to know. You want to know? know? As a single lady, I want to know what's coming up. You know? I, like that. I, like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. How about you, Anissa? Last but certainly not least. Yeah, Christmas passed so I could spend time with my parents again. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. Well, this was so fun. I feel like I know all of you. What about you, Kristen? Now? What would no, you know? I, I just make up dorky poems. I don't have to give insights into my school. <laughs> Definitely yes, do. do. <laughs> no, I, I think I would go with Christmas past also. Um, just um, for kind of, for the same reasons you've all said, just, you know, pe- people people we don't have with us anymore and, and glimpses of my own childhood Christmas that I didn't have the maturity to understand or appreciate at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But luckily we have Christmas present and I think it's going to be a beautiful Christmas. That's what we have. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, this was lovely ladies and, and, and gentlemen and gentlemen <laughs> and in his beautiful pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was great. So, um, what, you know, of course, we'll be back next week. Um, this isn't this isn't it for the holiday season, but as we said, this was just a fun opportunity to get together to kind of kick off the final, you know, week and a half or so as we're rolling toward Christmas. Ten days, right? Ten days. Ten days from today. Wow, um, ten days. And, wow. and you know, we're so happy so that Mary Alice was here. That was a weird echo. It's um, a real treat to be back. I'd love to love to see you all. Yeah, it's it's so good. So oh, wait, Kristen, before you close it down, since yeah. Anissa is here, I want to announce the fabulous oh, yes. Thank new you. initiative for 2022, yep. the Friends and Fiction Reading mm-hmm. Challenge. We have picked one category for every month of the year, and it's a surprise. You'll find out this week. We'll make a big announcement. And it will be spearheaded by our very own Anissa Armstrong. We have put together a category for each month that we think is not only fun, but will also push us to expand our reading horizons this year. And another way to fill up the gorgeous Friends and Fiction reading journals. So be on the lookout for posts from Anissa each month. And we'll be announcing the categories. Please stop, Anna White. Please stop, Anna White. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you Anissa thanks, yeah, thanks for doing Anissa that for, for doing that for we're us. so happy you're going to be helping us with that that's going to be so much fun yeah. I can't wait to see what people pick for each category I know, you know. I'm so excited oh, too and Lisa and Brenda huge congratulations on 10,000 like, I, I mean it's, it's astonishing you, you guys mm-hmm. just Amazing. Yeah. You get passion during the show. Yeah. Oh my gosh, did it really? Oh my. We were like at 997, I think. 
this yeah. afternoon. That's awesome. Do you want to tell us who January, February, March are? Because you guys just had a big announcement, right? Yes, we did. Um, January, we're, January, we're doing The Secret of Snow okay. by Viola Shipman. And then Ooh. February, we're doing The Wedding Date with Jasmine Guillory. And we oh, also gosh. have a happy hour. Fun. With Ron Block and Nancy Johnson, that's going to be a lot of fun. And Brenda, do you want to do March? Oh, um, you want to do March, Brenda? Um, my mind went blank. Okay. Um. So wait, February we've got Jasmine Guillory. March we've got Chris Wiley. No, who do we have? Christina Lauren, I think. I think it's Christina Lauren. Yes, I like called people I've known for 15 years the wrong name. Elizabeth, exactly. Oh, I, mean, I was, re like, I was <laughs> reading <laughs> Queen Elizabeth and then somehow like my eye just went back to, I don't know. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's been a long day. I'm, I, it's yeah. the Santa hat. Oh, y'all, this has been so much fun. Mary Alice, thanks for coming. Yeah, Mary Alice, great to have you. Nice to see you, back together. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll see Merry you next Christmas. week. Love you guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. You can join us every week on Facebook or YouTube, where our live show airs on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Also, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. We're so glad you're here. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.